This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Tonight, the push to vaccinate America as the fight to end the pandemic faces a setback. Why a staggering number of unvaccinated Americans say they still won't get the shot. The pleas tonight as the highly contagious Delta variant spreads rapidly through the United States. It's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks. It's the unvaccinated folks that are letting us down. Tonight, the five hotspots where more than a third of all new COVID cases are coming from. As cities introduce new mask mandates, is it a sign of things to come? Olympic Games officially underway. Empty stands at the opening ceremony with more athletes testing positive for the coronavirus. Extreme weather. A new mega fire in California as more than 20,000 firefighters try to contain the blazes out west. And a monsoon in Arizona. The search tonight for a missing four-year-old girl. Drug-resistant superbug outbreaks. What you need to know about the deadly fungus. Passport problems. Why the State Department suddenly suspended its last-minute online booking system. The long lines and desperate travelers. Bursting into flames. More problems with the Chevy Bolt. The nearly 70,000 car owners being told to park away from their homes. Carrot recall the warning tonight for people with the vegetable in their fridge. And on the road with a friendship you have to see to believe. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. We're going to enter the weekend with news that American cities are implementing new measures to make sure this fourth wave of the coronavirus pandemic doesn't spiral out of control. Philadelphia and St. Louis just joined the growing list of cities returning to indoor mask recommendations and mandates. And we learned today that schools here in D.C. and in Chicago will require masks when they reopen in the fall. And the mayor of New York City is warning tonight that vaccine mandates for indoor dining might be needed to get more people vaccinated. And there's this new projection tonight. Researchers expect COVID cases to peak again in October. That led the federal government today to order 200 million more doses of the Pfizer vaccine. Scientists say that shot is nearly 90% effective against the highly contagious Delta variant. We have a lot to get to, and CBS's Lilia Luciano is going to lead us off from Las Vegas. Good evening, Lilia. Good evening to you, Nora. More than 1,000 people are now hospitalized here in Nevada for the first time in more than five months. That's why state officials are calling on federal agencies to help increase vaccinations and stop the spread. <laughs> Tonight, Vegas is back in business. Tourists packing the strip. Concerts, big celebrations, and big trouble. Nevada is now one of the country's biggest COVID hotspots, along with four other states. Nevada's positivity rate, which measures community spread, has been on the rise for 39 consecutive days. While Clark County now requires masks for employees, it definitely gives me a sense of safety. There are no mandates for anyone else. Jam-packed. Almost no masks indoors. Why not a mask mandate for the tourists? So right now, we just implemented the mask mandate for the employees. So that's, the, that's the focus. We're not considering a mask mandate for, for customers or guests right now. We're going to follow the data. As COVID surges across the country, mask requirements and recommendations are making a comeback too. St. Louis is the latest city to reinstate a mandate beginning Monday. Meanwhile, just 40% of eligible Alabama residents are fully vaccinated, meaning 60% are not as cases climb. And the state's Republican governor had some harsh words. Folks supposed to have common sense. But it's time for to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. It's the unvaccinated folks that are letting us down. But a newly released poll from the Associated Press, which surveyed unvaccinated Americans, found 80 percent were either definitely not or probably not willing to get the shot. Nevada has now brought in FEMA, the agency that typically responds to natural disasters, to help set up clinics in hard-to-reach areas where vaccine rates are low. We're trying to reach as, as much people as we can and make it accessible for them to get the vaccine. That's what we try to improve those rates to, so we can save lives. Some of those workers going door to door tell me they're still encountering people who are hesitant because they don't trust the vaccine. And others say that it's just inconvenient for them to do so. And that's why it's so important to take both the information and the shots to their communities. Nora. Lilia Luciano, thank you. And the 32nd Summer Olympics are officially underway in Tokyo tonight amid a worsening COVID emergency. And like many things in this pandemic, it was an unprecedented opening ceremony. CBS's Jamie Yukis is in Tokyo. Inside the Olympic Stadium, the stands were mostly empty, a unique scene of pageantry amid a pandemic. Japanese tennis star Naomi Osaka lit the cauldron to officially start the games. But COVID restrictions kept away all but 900 VIPs and guests, compared to the more than 80,000 who filled stadiums in Rio, London and Beijing. 
And there was new controversy as organizers said a test kit shortage inside the Olympic Village earlier this week briefly complicated efforts to keep COVID out. This came as 19 new cases popped up, bringing total infections to more than 100. About 100 of the 613 U.S. athletes are not vaccinated. Outside the stadium, protesters demanded the games be canceled as Japan suffers through its highest daily case count since January. Dr. Kenji Shibuya has helped direct Japan's vaccine rollout. How do you think this Olympics is going to be received? It is supposed to be a symbol of peace, unity, and according to Prime Minister, the victory of the COVID pandemic. But currently, it's totally opposite. Still, the athletes powered on. Eddie Alvarez of USA Baseball and Sue Bird of USA Basketball led the U.S. delegation. I would have been there, no question. Bird's mother, Nancy, had to watch from her New York home because of the tight COVID restrictions. Even though I'd like to be there to hug her, it's, it doesn't take anything away. It's still a wonderful, proud moment. The games will now shift into full gear. U.S. soccer will try to make a comeback in its game against New Zealand. Simone Biles and the women's gymnastics team compete Sunday. Nora? Jamie Yukis, thanks so much. Well, tonight, a Trump ally who once ran the former president's inaugural committee is set to be released from jail on a $250 million bond, including $5 million in cash. Tom Barrick will be arraigned on Monday on charges of illegally lobbying on behalf of the United Arab Emirates. He's required to wear a GPS tracking ankle bracelet, and his travel is restricted. Tonight, 12 firefighting aircraft have joined the battle against those explosive wildfires in California. One is now officially a megafire. And in Oregon, a COVID outbreak is complicating efforts to put out the largest fire in the country. Here's CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti. In California and Nevada, firefighters drive through flames to protect those in the path of the erratic Tamarack wildfire. The extreme fire behavior uh, meant that uh, it was definitely going to be uh, a difficult time and in some cases a real firefight. The blaze now covers 58,000 acres after crossing state lines and forcing residents like Ed Hill to flee. There's a mountain right behind my house and the, the flame, the fire was coming right down. This is the charred aftermath of the Dixie Fire near the town of Paradise, California. The megafire sparked more evacuations today and has burned more than 140,000 acres. And in Oregon, firefighters are combating both the nation's largest wildfire and a COVID outbreak after nine firefighters tested positive for the virus. These fires are also now creating their own weather systems, like so-called fire-nados. And experts say because of climate change, we can expect more of this unpredictable behavior for years to come. Jonathan Vigliotti, CBS News. From fires to floods in Arizona tonight, a four-year-old girl is missing after her family's car was swept away by rising waters. Surveillance video shows multiple cars being washed away after a powerful monsoon drenched Phoenix and Scottsdale last night. The storm did bring some relief to the state's severe drought. We're going to turn now to that CDC warning of an outbreak of a superbug fungus attacking people here in D.C. and in Texas. And to make it worse, the fungus is tough to treat. We get more on this from CBS's Omar Villafranca. Tonight, the CDC is keeping tabs on more cases of a drug-resistant fungus that is spread in healthcare settings. It's called Candida auris. Two new clusters of the superbug were reported by the CDC. 22 cases were in two Dallas-area hospitals, leaving two people dead. 
101 cases were reported at a Washington, D.C. area nursing home, killing one person. Dr. Floyd Wormley of Texas Christian University has studied the fungus and those most at risk. So if you're in the hospital, you have a severely weakened immune system and you are undergoing certain um, treatments or therapies in which this organism can gain access into your body, then it can cause um, issues. The CDC's Dr. Megan Lyman says patients being treated for COVID are vulnerable. There's a lot of patients that had COVID who acquired Candida auris, and in general, Candida auris is more likely among patients who are at long-term care facilities who are chronically very sick, have invasive devices like tracheostomies, or are on a ventilator. Researchers have found that the fungus can not only be contracted from surfaces, but can also be spread person to person, which is what appears to have happened in these recent cases. Dr. Wormley is part of a team that's working with the National Institutes of Health to fight the superbug, and he thinks there's potential for an effective treatment in two to three years. Nora? Omar Franca, thank you. It was an emotional scene today at the site of that collapsed condo building in Surfside, Florida, as a month of painstaking recovery work came to a close. Crew members hugged after the site was finally cleared of rubble. 97 people are confirmed dead. One woman is still missing. Her family still awaiting word. The search for remains will continue off-site. And a warning now for summer travelers. If you're in a rush for a new passport, you may be out of luck. Scammers forced the State Department to shut down its online bookings for urgent appointments. And CBS's Meg Oliver has the details. Tonight, long lines at U.S. passport offices as travelers rush to get their passports after the State Department temporarily shut down the agency's emergency appointment booking site. This is my one and only chance. My flight's um, in two days. The State Department says third-party actors are using bots to book all available online appointments. Some are selling them for as high as $3,000 to applicants with urgent travel needs. I am freaking out. Kelsey and Heston Rankin applied for passports in May, but only one has arrived. Their non-refundable flight to Mexico leaves in two weeks. I call every day to try and get an answer to give the, get the same runaround that, oh, we can only push it a week before your travel. A week before your travel is kind of cutting it very close. In the last two years, the couple suffered the heartbreaking loss of a stillborn and two miscarriages. We just need to be get a break, get a mental reset, celebrate our anniversary. The State Department admits they have a staffing issue and they're scrambling to complete an extraordinary backlog of passport applications. The current wait time for our passport is up to 18 weeks. During the pandemic, they sent their people home. And right now we're over 1.6 million passports in backlog that they can't process. How much will you lose if your passport doesn't arrive on time? A little over $3,000. Kelsey says her passport is expected to arrive the day before her flight. Appointments are extremely limited at offices like here in New York, but they are trying to prioritize for life or death emergencies. Nora? Meg Oliver, thank you. Well, tonight, General Motors is issuing its second recall in less than a year for tens of thousands of Chevy Bolt electric cars over concerns that the cars could catch fire. We get more now from CBS's Errol Barnett. Horrified neighbors watch as a Chevy Bolt bursts into flames engulfing this Virginia home. The last thing I thought was that the car would have spontaneously lit on fire. Scott Virgin in Florida had the same issue with his Bolt. The fire department was unable to put the, the battery out. 
They had to drag it by the side of the road and let it burn overnight. A defective battery inside the car has led to nine-bolt fires and prompted GM today to issue its second recall for nearly 69,000 vehicles worldwide, telling owners of 2017 to 2019 models to park outside and not to charge them unattended overnight. You can't take a lithium-ion battery onto a plane and just stick it in your luggage and check it. Right? So these things can catch on fire and they're dangerous. We're taking hundreds of them and putting them in a car. It's a significant problem for GM as it embarks on a $35 billion effort to build a new all-electric platform. We plug in our vehicles as naturally as we charge our phone. But Virgin, who took his newborn son home from the hospital in his old Chevy Bolt, is still shaken by the incident. I had that flash where you see all of the things that could have happened and all of the terrible outcomes and as a new parent it's it was traumatic and errol joins us now from a chevy dealership in virginia so errol what's gm doing to try and fix this problem well, GM is working with its battery manufacturing partner, that's LG Energy Solution, on a potential fix, but replacements are not available. And in response to questions from CBS News, GM Nora said it had no guidance on when those replacement parts would even be ready. Oh, got it. Harold Barnett, thank you. And there's so much more news ahead on tonight's CBS Evening News. The Cleveland Indians end years of criticism and announce a major change. A new ruling on earning astronaut wings. What does it mean for Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos? And popular brands of bagged carrots are recalled nationwide. We'll tell you what you need to know. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Tonight, after more than 100 years and decades of complaints, the Cleveland Indians are changing their name, which Native Americans and others found offensive. After this season, the Indians will become the Guardians, named after the Guardian statues on a bridge that lead to the ballpark. Tom Hanks narrated the team's announcement, saying Cleveland has always been the best part of the name. All right, billionaires Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson may have just had their wings clipped. A new FAA ruling requires commercial space travelers to perform essential safety activities during flight in order to qualify for astronaut wings. Bezos and Branson were mostly passengers on their trips to the edge of space this month and have not been formally nominated for their official wings. All right, tonight, popular brands of bagged carrots are being recalled because they might be contaminated with salmonella. A California company, Grimway Farms, voluntarily recalled the baby and shredded carrots, also sold under the names Bunny Love, Cal Organic, and O Organics. So far, there are no reported illnesses linked to those carrots. An old Irish proverb goes, there are good ships and wood ships, ships that sail the sea, but the best ships are friendships, and may they always be. With that in mind, here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. It can be a lonely job, pulling lobster traps way out here in the middle of the Gulf of Maine. But for 15 years, Captain John Mikowski had company, a faithful companion 
In fact, he says, maybe a little too faithful. She comes right up to the window and is looking at me this far away. I mean, <laughs> just, you know, just staring at me. You know? <laughs> As we first reported last summer, John's stalker girlfriend, who he named Red Eye, just showed up one day and never left until she suffered a leg injury. John knew a seagull couldn't live long like that. How hard was it for him? Oh, very, very difficult. John's wife, Debbie. To watch John and how to see how sad he was, I could, I could tear up right now. I don't know why I was so emotionally crushed, but there was a piece missing. I was beginning to wonder how much longer I felt like doing this. So, in an attempt to save his passion for the sea, he tried to save that seagull actually caught her and brought her to the Center for Wildlife in Cape Nettick, Maine. The staff nursed Red Eye while John spoiled her with brown hake, her favorite kind of fish. And would you believe, just a few weeks later, Red Eye was good as new and ready for the wild once more. Perfect. Of course, the wild was never really Red Eye's thing, which is why, still today, no matter where John is in this great ocean, That's her. Red Eye somehow finds him. Atta girl. Since we first told this story, life has only gotten better for Red Eye. Picture of Red Eye. She has now been immortalized in a children's book. That's Red Eye. And recently started bringing a new bow to the boat. John named him Hero because he's very protective and adoring. Almost as protective and adoring as the captain. Now steering that third wheel. Steve Hartman on the road in the Gulf of Maine. The fun just multiplies. Sunday on Face the Nation, guests include former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb, former Surgeon General Jerome Adams, and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Have a good weekend. Good night. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official T-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.